0: This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org.
1: I want to pray this morning. And uh, if they're praying for the nation of Zimbabwe and the nation of Kenya, then I think it's important that we pray for the nation of Zimbabwe. Uh, I have a number of scriptures that we're going to pray this morning. I'm not going to pray the scripture exactly, but I'll have the scripture on the screen as we pray the word of God. I'm going to ask you to stand and join your hearts with me as we pray. The Bible says men ought always to pray and faint not. You know, I notice there's a lot of men fainting today. You know, I see men that are giving up or men that are coming into a degree of prosperity and thinking that that gives them license to sin. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. When pressure is on in a society, is a time that we need to run into the arms of God. We need to seek Him. We must always pray. And prayer doesn't come from our head and from our lips. It comes from our hearts. So I'm going to ask you to join your hearts with mine today. 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name, well, Lord, we come to you because we know that this morning you desire us to pray for the nation of Zimbabwe. We are your people. You promise that when your people pray, that when they humble themselves, when they seek you, you will hear and you'll answer. You even promised healing in the land. Lord, our land needs healing. And I believe that it starts with me. So today I humble myself before you right here, right now. I'm seeking your face. I'm asking that you would grant me a repentant spirit so that I may be an instrument that ushers in your blessing for our nation. You said that in Psalm 33, that blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Lord, your blessing has been upon our nation. And I thank you for your mercy, the mercies that you pour out upon us. By your word, Lord, you said you would bless the nation whose God is the Lord. Lord, we desire to make you Lord over our nation today. Our nation, as a nation, has evidently turned away from you. So God, on my behalf and on behalf of your people, we confess our disregard for you, our sin of disregarding you. We're asking that you would bring your people and our nation to repentance. And let us once again be a nation who calls upon you as our Lord and as our Savior. Proverbs says that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin condemns any people. Father, righteousness exalts the nation. Not flagrant personalities. Not boastfulness. Not foul speech. Not pride. The pride of man or of progressive lifestyles or our quick talk talking politicians who present themselves with answers and hear nobody Father righteousness is what you desire and righteousness is is what we need let your righteousness rain down on this earth and spring up in every home in every community in Zimbabwe. You tell us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Many of the things I hear coming out of the mouths of those in our media frighten me, Lord. The fear of the Lord is sorely lacking. Today, I humble myself before you. We as a church humble ourselves before you. We ask you for your mercies. Today, on behalf of the people who do not fear you, who do not acknowledge you, forgive us, God. Strike fear into the heart of your people. Show us the seriousness of our sin and the holiness of your majesty. Let us see. Let us understand who you are. You are God Almighty. You are King. You're the Sovereign One. You're the ruler of the heaven and the earth. God, help us to be wise, help us to be wise. You told us that you would build your church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. You have a people and you have a plan. Father, it cannot fail. No matter what, we know that your purposes will prevail. You are in your church And you indwell your people. Father, we take great hope in this. So, Father, we're asking you to strengthen your people. Strengthen your church in this country. Father, help us to raise a battle cry. To stand faithfully and to stand firm for truth. Stir up our passions and our desires for purity and holiness and intimacy with you let us walk by your Spirit, the unquenchable fire of your Holy Spirit on the inside of us. You told us to come out from amongst them and be separate from them, to touch no unclean thing. And if we would do that, you would receive us. Father, we're asking you, and we're calling today. As a church, I'm calling, as a nation of believers, We call ourselves Christians, Father. I'm saying as believers, it's time to come out from amongst them, to be separate. All across this land, Father, we're calling for your people to set aside worldly wisdom, to set aside pride, to set aside the appearances of wisdom, and to set aside materialism. Lord, we need your approval. We set aside idolatry of all sorts. Lead us out, lead us up. We declare that we are a holy nation, a royal priesthood set apart, worthy. And we're set apart for your worthy purposes. That's what we're set apart for. Stir in each and every heart to come out and be different. Father, you set King Uzziah one day, and he saw you fill the temple with your glory. Father, we ask that for us as well. We need to see you as you truly are, not what others say you are, but who you really are. Let your people see you high and lifted up. Let, you, let us see you in your glory. Let us see you in your majesty. Let us see you as holy. Let us understand your nature. Let us understand your character. Let us know that you are a sovereign God. Let us know your word. Father, we ask that you would sweep across the land of Zimbabwe and that you'd reveal yourself like you've never shown yourself before. Let us know you, God. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Father, cause each of your children to shine brightly. Let your glory rise and shine on us in this dark land, at this dark time. Father, let each person and each light take their place on a lampstand. Let them draw others to you. Father, may those that do not have Christ, that do not know Jesus, see our good works and glorify you. See what we do one to another, how we help one another. Father, we pray that many will come to know you and they'll confess you as Lord and Savior. This Missions Month, Father, help us to be willing to witness, to tell people of your goodness, your hope, your mercy. Father, you're the one who changes the times and the season. You depose kings and you raise up others. You give wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. So, Father, we believe in your sovereignty. We believe, Lord, in your providence And we know you're the one who sets a ruler up and you lower a, a, a king Father the buck stops with you and we know that we're so thankful for it we pray for our leaders and we pray for our future leaders and we pray for those who elect them Father we believe that there's a change coming again, yet again not because of anything that we will do but Father because of what you will do Father, the oppression of your people is great and the cry of your people I know has been heard from heaven. We're asking, Lord, that you would raise up a generation who would operate in wisdom and knowledge and discernment and that they would know the things that are to come and that, Father, they'd have a wisdom from on high. We're asking for this. And, Lord, we are asking that you would remove evil and wicked men from their places in Jesus name and Father we pray your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven we know that your will for righteousness, for salvation and for truth Father we pray for these things we pray for righteousness, we pray for peace we pray for truth that these things would define our lives that they would define our marriages our homes, our communities that these are the things that would define our nation Father we ask for your church in particular for our church to be a vessel that would usher in your kingdom fulfill your will will in the earth Lord grant your servants success. I'm praying for my wife and those in Kenya, but even those that are all over in our churches around the nation. Those who preach the true gospel today, grant them success in our nation. Success and the successes we need that would glorify your name in the earth. We ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Now if you agree with those prayers, take the hand of the person next to you and say let's agree and say amen to that amen hallelujah praise God now you may take your seats God bless you amen are we ready for that video yet let's watch it
0: i okay. Us. Because now we are going to be a place of your blessing. The Bible shall be blessed. The Bible shall send out missionaries to the nations. We want to bless these men and women. They have come all these ways of a They have come to give themselves and to be a blessing to us. Lord, we speak your blessing upon them. We speak your blessing upon their families.
1: Amen. Well, they're praying for us. We're praying for us. <laughs> and God's listening. We have uh, a series that we're doing called We Need a Move. And today, uh, I want to talk a little bit about what it's going to take for us to move. What, 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 what happens when we are facing enormous disappointments and challenges and tragedies? Another young boy from Churchill jumped off of the parkade this week and committed suicide. Guys, there's something wrong when our children, and when our pastors are committing suicide. It's not just those that are heard in the press that I'm concerned about. I'm also deeply concerned about how many people are committing what I talked about two weeks ago, passive suicide, desiring to opt out, desiring to quit life. And many are committing suicide through bad habits, through drugs, through alcohol, through uh, riotous living. And uh, they, because they're so sore on the inside. And uh, you know, when I, when I think of the, uh, the messages in the Bible, there's one that always comes to my attention and I'd like to read it to you today. And it's the story of uh, the, the great Exodus. And when Moses led the people out of Israel after many signs and wonders and miracles, you'd think after 10 miracles, I mean, that were notable, and then going through the Red Sea, that parted and, and then swallowing up your enemies behind you, you'd think you'd do anything for God, wouldn't you? But we find that just in a few days, Moses is with the children of, of, of Israel and they're, and they're getting ready to go into the promised land. And it says in Numbers 13, verses 17 to 33, when Moses sent them to explore Canaan, and he said, go up through the Negev and into the hill country. See what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak. Few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or is it poor? Are, the trees, are there trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. For it was the season of first ripe grapes. So they went up and explored the land from the desert of Zin as far as Rehob toward Lebohamath. They went up through the Negev and they came to Hebron where Ahamam and Sheshai and Talamai and the descendants of Anak lived. Hebron had been built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. That's a very important statement. Zoan is one of the oldest cities ever built. And yet here Hebron had been built before Zoan. When they reached the valley of Eskel, they cut off a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes. Two of them carried on a pole between them, along with some pomegranates and figs. That place was called the valley of Eskel because the cluster of grapes that the Israelites had cut off there. At the end of 40 days, they returned from exploring the land. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. Now, you got to get this picture. They come back, they're carrying grapes between a st- on a stick. It takes two people to carry a cluster of grapes. I've never seen grapes like that before. That's got to be some kind of a winery that they have there. These grapes are huge. Bring back the fruit. So they come back and they report to Moses and the whole church, the whole assembly. Everybody there, 2 million people. And here's what they said. They gave this account. We went into the land to which you sent us. And it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. Isn't that a good report? Hey, Zimbabwe is a great land. It's got great soil. Zimbabwe's an amazing nation. Great people. Zimbabwe has all the potential in the world. Gold can be picked up off the stream beds. Diamonds are everywhere. It's a great nation. Its people are industrious. But, and that's exactly what happened here, but... The people who live there are powerful. and The cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the the descendants of Anak there who put sanctions on us. The Amalekites live in the Negev and the Hittites and the, the Jebusites, the east and the west and the north and the south and the Amorites live in the hill country and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we certainly can do it. Guys, there's potential in Zimbabwe. It's an awesome season for us. We should be building houses and building factories and building businesses. We should be moving ahead. But the men who had gone up with them said, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw, they're of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak came from the Nephilim. And we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Boy, I'll tell you what. If there's ever been a picture of the nation of Zimbabwe, this is it. It shocks me how our own very leaders, our own nation condemn ourselves. We can't, why? We have every excuse why we can't. We can't fix the water, we can't fix the electricity, we can't fix, in it. we can't do anything, why? And it's never our fault, it's never because of us. We're blaming everybody but ourselves. Oh, and we act as though we are grasshoppers. And so we are. There are other nations far, far less endowed than this one that are prospering. All around us, they're prospering. Far in excess to what we're doing. But we are grasshoppers. Weas. <laughs> Tap your neighbor say, Weezus. See, one of the things I'd notice is if you talk to most of us in Zimbabwe, we're just like the Israelites. We have all this hope. We We can write the white papers. We do all this wonderful talking. But it's always followed by a big but. We would be great, but. We could do this, but. We could have a railway system, but can move our coal to South Africa, but. But, but, but. See, and what happens is whenever you have your butt in the wrong place, you defeat yourself. You give a bad report. And we defeat ourselves in our nation, just as the Israelites defeated themselves. There were a few good men, two to be exact, that God said, we surely can take the land. Caleb and Joshua said, we can do it. God's with us. Look, the same God who delivered us from this and from that. I know that there's enemies in the land. I know that there's there's trouble. I know that there's challenges. But our God is well able. There were two men that had their butts in the right place. But because others didn't, the nation failed. For 40 years, it failed. Sounds familiar. If we're going to be a successful nation, and if you're gonna be a successful person, and if we're gonna be a successful church, we need to move from sickness of the heart back to hope and expectation. Hope is not a wish, a craving, or a desire. Hope is a force. The force of hope works inside of a, of a person. Hope is what causes you to get up in the morning and activate your faith to accomplish what seems impossible in the eyes of men. But with God, all things are possible. Romans says it this way. Therefore, having been justified by faith, you can put this up, guys. Therefore, by having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of our God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. We glory in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Can I tell you something? Now is not the day to shrink back. Now is the day to hope. Now is the day to put your trust, not in government, but in yourself and in your God. To stand up and say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now is not the time to shrink back. Now is the time to take the promise and take the promised land. Now is the time to stand up to corruption. Now is the time not to wait for some corruption committee that will never touch real corruption, but for you and I to stand up and point it out, to point the finger. There's a lot of corruption going on. Civil servants don't do their jobs anymore, and it's time to call them out. I had experiences just this week. Pieces of land that the city has already negotiated with other buyers, being piecemeal sold, ideas stolen, intellectual property taken. And here's why. And here's why many of us are failing in the nation. We have to work with incompetent people who don't care. I have to get up and my job depends on it. My livelihood depends on it. But I go to somebody who sits in an office all day, and when he goes home after eight hours of doing nothing, he doesn't care that my job depends on it. He doesn't care that my livelihood depends on it. You make a negotiation with the government, you can't sue. The government doesn't have to perform. They don't care if the water gets fixed. Hey guys, listen, I used to think that, man, you know, we have a problem, there have been so many people that have come with solutions. So many people that are willing to put good money into good systems. But we live in a fictitious world of people that will not care, our doctors, are being vilified in the press because they refuse to work in conditions that are terrible. There is no running water in the hospital. How on earth do you go to work there? But we won't fix the water and we keep talking about how big the enemies are. The enemies are only in our mind. and the fact that we have to work with people who all they have is excuses now. It's time for the do-nothings to remove themselves and put people in that will do something. It's time for those who are wicked and for those who are evil, who are stopping good people from doing good things, to be called out. And it's time for you and I to call them out. It's time for righteousness to prevail. Righteousness exalts a nation. And many of these people that sit in these offices call themselves Christians. But they are calling themselves Christians by, on Sunday and taking bribes on Monday. Oh, but that's how it is in Zimbabwe. We don't get good salaries, so you have to pay me so I'll do my job. I admit that the system is broken. We all know that. We're going to print new dollars now. My hope is that that is a solution. My hope is that there'll be a global currency reset, which the whole world needs to happen. There's much talk about it, there's much speculation about it, and the timing seems right, even for Zimbabwe. That would mean that our currency would now be backed by something, besides empty promises. And that we would be able to trade on a parity with other nations. And if that happened, we would still have the problem of corruption in our government. But at least we would have a currency that may be able to be traded. And I believe you're going to see that very soon. James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, my sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Now let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives it generously to all without fault finding, or without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask... You must believe and not doubt. See, the children of Israel doubted. We have our churches supposedly full every Sunday. 85% Christian is what we boast. But I'm going to tell you something. I don't believe it. I don't believe that we have real Christians. I believe we have lip service Christians. And I believe that we say something on Sunday, but we live differently all week long. I believe that when we ask, we doubt. And the Bible says that the one who doubts is like the sea, the wave of the sea, blown and tossed by every wind of doctrine, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. Boy, if there's ever been a picture of instability, it's the children of Israel. Totally unstable. Unstable. God works for them. God delivers them. God liberates them. God moves on their behalf. God performs miracles, signs, wonders. A river follows them. Quail falls down three feet deep in their camp. They can't can't get enough. They have so much biltong, they don't know what to do with it. God is all over the place. And they're so double-minded. That when God says, send spies out and take up the land, They come back with an evil report about the land. They they can't conquer. Double-minded men are unstable in all their ways. And it's a crime when double-minded men lead a nation. When we sign documents that we don't mean to follow up on, we change our minds. How can you do business when you can't keep your word? When your word means nothing? It's not how many documents you sign, it's how many you allow to be performed. We have good people that write great tenders, even win those tenders, but they mean nothing. They're useless because there's not the will or the single-mindedness to carry them out. We need a nation of single-minded men. Single-minded women, it's time now. And the do-nothings and the double-minded need to step aside and allow someone to lead that will lead. The Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. We've been longing and longing and longing, promises after promises after promises. And the hope, don't lose hope, I'm going to tell you today. Don't lose hope, but put action to your hope. We need to move from worry to faith. Jesus said this, he says in Matthew, therefore I tell you not to worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink or about your body, what you'll wear for is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you worry by by worrying add a single hour to your life? Hebrews says, now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. Faith is the substance of what we hope for. The evidence of what we can't see. Faith. God honors faith. God honors our faith. And God sees faith. And God works with faith. 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 We need some faith-filled men and women to rise up again. Begin to call those things that are not as though they are. Begin to dream again. Begin to put action to our hopes. We need a move. Not only in our hope, we need a move not only in our faith, but we need a move in our speech. And what we're saying, our speech must begin to be filled with the goodness of God. And not so much speaking about the circumstances around us. The Bible says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not fear or they did not love their lives even unto death. Let me tell you something, there comes a time when you have to love God, love your nation, love your family enough to speak the truth. To stand up and say, wait a minute, here's my testimony, here's the truth, I have tried to do this right, I have tried to do it, and for those of you that think that, oh no, you can't do it right, you're part of the problem. Right here in the church, you're part of the problem. Cheating, lying, and stealing, oh, that's just how it is in Zimbabwe. Well, okay, that's how it is in Zimbabwe, but then you're part of the problem. Because that's not how it should be. And when we condone unrighteousness by our actions, we suffer. We all suffer. Oh, you do okay. But I don't know if you've noticed how many beggars there are on the street today. How many hungry people there are. You know, it used to be that people would eat one meal a day. Now they're eating one every two days. Because there's just not enough. Enough. And that may be good enough for you. That may be good enough for our government, but it's not good enough for me. I'm tired of going out in public and seeing our dear brothers and sisters suffering. In The word of the year, I said this, the serpent, the devil is not going away. He's not leaving. He's going to be there, and it'll be a year of that paradox. Evil and good at the same time. We have overcome him with the blood of the Lamb. That is the enforcement of Jesus' finished work on the cross. And the word of our testimony, that means every mess that the devil tries to make, we decree and declare the message of miracles and God's grace. So get ready. This is the year to tell the story After God's glory is revealed. And we will not love our lives unto death, simply meaning that we will die daily to our own minds, our own wills, our own emotions and fleshly ways. To rise, to live, and to walk in the Spirit. This is the year for you and I to walk in the Spirit. Then we will rejoice, knowing that God has promised us a glorious life of victory. God uses your praises. The praise of God this year will be very important. Folks, I want you to tell you something. You need to be praising God all the time. Praise yourself through every situation. But learn to be led of the Holy Spirit. If you're going to live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. If you're going to live by your own wiles and ways, you're going to die by it. But if you live by the Spirit, God will show you how to build your business, how to build your family, how to build your marriage. By the Spirit, in the Spirit, and through the Spirit. And that's what God desires for our nation. God says it this way, Proverbs, he says, A man's mouth, a man's stomach, shall be filled or satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those that love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of your tongue doesn't say the power of death and life is in the tongue it says death and life are in the power of your tongue the very words you speak the very things you say either produce your future in life or your future in death the children of israel brought back an evil report and they died in the wilderness zimbabwe brings back an evil report and we die because of our reports. It's time to stand up. And I'm not saying we don't, have, we don't deny what's going negatively. I think we have to call what a spade a spade. But I think it's time to stand up and say. But here's the solution. Here's what we will do. Here's what I'm doing. And start speaking your victory into existence. There are enemies. There are giants. Here's an amazing thing. These sons of Anak. We're not defeated at this time because they didn't go into the Promised Land. 40 years later, guess what? The giants are still there. 400 years later, David becomes king. The giants are still in the land. Guess what? They're always gonna have giants. They're always gonna have an enemy to face. They're always gonna be giants. Just get used to it. The enemy's always gonna be there, but how you overcome him Really, really is important. So we need to also if we need to move. We need to move and we need to move from a survival mode to a progressive mode. Jeremiah told the people that were taken captive and in bondage. And by the way, we are in bondage. We are not free. You call yourselves free, we are not free. Well, maybe we are. I heard a guy today the other day, he said this. He says he says, We're liberated. He says, we're liberated of our money, we're liberated of our electricity, we're liberated of our water. (laughs) I, I thought, yeah, okay, that makes sense. He was being funny. It's good to have a sense of humor when things are down, okay? Jeremiah 29 says this, though. While they were in captivity, he says, build houses and dwell in them, plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and beget sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters two husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters that you may be increased there and not diminished and seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it for in its peace you will have peace for thus says the Lord of hosts the God of Israel do not let your prophets and your diviners who are in your midst deceive you nor listen to your dreams which you have caused to be dreamed for they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are complete at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to the, this place. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call on me, then you will call upon me and go and pray for me, to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you to the place from which I caused you to be carried away captive. Folks, we have over five million people that have left this country. Every week, people are leaving Zimbabwe. Every week, people leave this church. Because they can. That's not right. There's no nation that should be driving its people out. It's wrong. It's evil. It's pure wickedness. It's not that we're not smart enough. We are. Ed Cole said it this way. He said you drown not by falling into the water you drown by staying in it. Another guy said it this way. He says, You can't keep treading water forever because even the best of swimmers will drown. I think it's time to drain the swamp. The only way we can do that is for good men to stand up and say, this is wrong. This is not right. And it's time for you as the church to stand up and say, this is not right. Because it's not you that's hurting only. It's our whole nation that hurts now. And it's not right. It's not right. We need to find a will to go into our promised land. God promised us things. God promised this nation things. Now let God be true, and every man a liar. But what God promised, he will bring to pass. Right now, I do not hear our leaders asking for wisdom from above. They're not asking God's help. It's time for them and for all of us to seek God for a move. We need to move in our focus from the things that are, that are seen, that we can see, to Jesus. Hebrews 12 says it this way, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. It's time to throw the sins off that entangle us. It's time to throw off the corruption. It's time to throw off the pride. It's time to humble ourselves. Let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer or the author and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Don't grow weary and lose heart. Because you too will receive opposition from sinners. Don't let the circumstances control you. Begin to control the circumstances. We need to move. We need to move from discouragement and being disheartened to the joy of the Lord. Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Let me tell you something. One of the greatest things you can do right now is every time you sit down to eat, set a portion aside and go give it to a poor person in the street somewhere. Make an extra portion and make sure somebody gets a meal. We can all do that. Every one of us can do our part. Those of us that have food, thank God every day for it. Those of us that don't, let's help our brothers and sisters who don't. Arthur Ward said this, he said, adversity can cause one to break down, Or break records. I tell you what, let's not break down. Let's break records. He also said this. He says, the pessimist complains about the wind. The optimist expects it to change. And the realist adjusts his sails accordingly. Guys, we're going to have wind. We're going to have trials. Let's just set our sails. And let's let God carry us where he needs to take us. We need to move from stagnation to progression. Corinthians says, therefore we do not lose heart even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Can I tell you something? What we see today These Egyptians will also perish. I'm going to tell you something. This this will not be the plight of Zimbabwe forever. Evil will be removed. And when it is, there will be rejoicing and there will be dancing in the streets. Evil men should tremble. Evil men should be afraid. Now, if you're not evil, if, if you're not doing anything wicked, you have nothing to be afraid of. But if you are evil, if you are wicked, you should be afraid. We need a move. (laughs) We need a move from anxiety and fear to a sound mind. Philippians says it this way. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Timothy says it this way. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love of strength, of power, and of a sound mind. Guys, we are not moved by fear. You cannot be moved by fear. At this time is not the time to be fearful. At this time is the time to rise up. This is the time not to think about yourself. It's to think about others. This is the time to get out of your comfort zone and say, wait a minute, God, let me see like you see. Let me speak like you speak. Let me stand for what you stand for and see if God will not show up. God wants to deliver you. He wants to deliver our nation. I'd like you to just watch a little video here, because I think this is where some of us are at right now.
0: Oh, that kid, every time I'm pulling out, he's right there. man. And someone needs to talk to his parents, if they're ever at home. What is up with the traffic today? It's in always, every day, this intersection is always crowded. I hate pulling out of here. need some of these dumb roads. Oh, there's... A- oh. <laughs> okay, so I'm not even here. Right. Great lady. The princess of parking. Oh, Sure. Take this spot. Way to be considerate. Oh, are you kidding me? Unbelievable. Oh. Thank you, ma'am. Oh, it's about time. Right, let's see, what do I want? Uh, yeah, could I add a cookie to that order? Yeah, no problem. Yeah, uh, no problem, only guy in the world. I'm sure you need your cookie. The world, your oyster, and he's serving your cookies. Thanks, sir. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. What can I get for you? Uh yeah, I'll have a decaf macchiato. Yeah, sure, no problem. 385. And uh it might take a few minutes here. We've got quite a line obviously, and thanks for your patience. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Great for me. Waiting again. Unbelievable. What? What is... I supposed to do? How can I how can I do anything about that? C- can I even help with that? I don't Your copy, sir. Oh. I-, I can't I can't take this anymore. I, I gotta get out of here.
1: Hey, watch it.
0: Buddy, come here.
1: So we need to move, but where does it begin? It starts with you. Starts with you. Not what you can get, but what you can give. Who can we touch? That's all of us up there, every one of us. But we're so worried about getting our need, getting our service, that we forget to serve one another. If we need a move, we need to start serving one another. Could you imagine if all of our politicians trying to serve us? Could you imagine what it would be like if civil servants actually were servants? Could you imagine what it's like if you just did your job the way you're supposed to? Serving, giving to others. How about if it just starts in the church right here? If just on our way out, we get a good word, Somebody, an encouragement, a help. This week, check yourself. Ask God to help you. Check yourself. See if your heart is entering into the promises of God, entering into the promised land, or if you are part of the problem. A negative report. discouraging those around us thinking only of ourselves do we need to move do we need to move yes. tap your neighbor say we need to move actually tap your neighbor say i need to move i think that's more accurate don't you anybody listening are you he- I know you're listening are you hearing? Is anybody hearing? If you hear this today and you say, "I think I hear it today I'm going to ask you to stand I'm going to pray for you. hand and put it on your heart. Father, I'm asking today that you would touch every heart of every person under the sound of my voice. Father, we are desperate for a move of God. Father, we ask that you would begin with our hearts. Father, it doesn't take much. Help us to do The little acts of kindness. Help us to see other people the way you see them. Help us to stop thinking so much about ourselves. And Father, we think of others first. Help us to listen to your voice in every situation. Give us the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the temperance, the faith, the hope, the love, the fruit of your Spirit. Father, I'm asking that you would do a deep work in this congregation. You'd start with us. Father, I'm asking that you would put a boldness in all of our hearts to stand up against the wickedness that is so prevalent in our nation right now. At every level, Father, we will not return evil for evil, but we will return good for evil. Father, we will do good. Father, we expect to see you move on our behalf. We also expect you to move, Father, and and, and expose wicked people. And we'll be part of that. Father, you cannot convict of sin unless somebody points it out. You cannot judge a nation unless somebody stands up and as a watchman on the wall declares. Father, we declare that we will be those who declare the truth. I didn't hear many amens on that. I didn't hear very many amens on that. See, i, I tell you, it, 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 it's, it's easy to be in church and just let things, ah, oh, yeah, well, you know, it's not my problem. It's never our problem. But it is our problem. It's my problem. Now, I'm not saying you go out and riot and anarchy. I'm saying no. Where you have power and you can persuade and you can deal, deal with it. Look, I, I sat down with some people the other day and I started a, just a simple little thing with some men called salt and light. I was shocked. I'm shocked. Things like integrity. They don't even know what it means. Character relationships these are words that used to mean something in a society these are leaders they had no bearing for even what they believe as we started dealing with it and they had to wrestle these things to the ground and start acting on what does it mean to be accountable what does it mean to be transparent what does it mean to be honest and integrous Oh my God. And they started taking steps to be these men. Well, one guy came back and said, it changed my whole business. Another guy came back and said, it changed my whole marriage. Another guy came back and said, hey, it changes the way I'm thinking. I'll tell you what, it doesn't take much for us to change a society. Start defining things. Start being honest. Start saying, no, 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 that's not right. I was the other day with some guys. And, uh, they were talking like you do in Zimbabwe, you know, ah, it's just, yeah, 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 yeah. I said, No, that's not right. I said, guys, we can't keep doing this. Hey. The shock on their face was huh. and then before long they're all saying, Yeah, you know, you're right. Yeah, gee, you know. But see, if, if we say nothing, we just keep fanning the negative report. And we will not enter into promise. You can't keep being negative and have positive results. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Find two people today. Minister to them. Just find them. Say something that you mean to them. Say something that they mean to you. Tell them what you're deciding to do today. Tell them, you know, here's where God convicted me. Just one thing. Here's what I think God's saying to me. And Tell them how you're going to change, what you're going to do differently, how you're going to enter into your promise. Just tell one person. If you can, tell two. Go ahead. I'm going to wait for you. Go ahead. Hallelujah. me on thank you I'm going to do one last thing as we close today with all the high school students that are here today especially those of you from Churchill I'm gonna ask you to come forward we lost one of our own today this this week just come forward I want to pray for you all the all the Churchill students girls high school if you're here any any high school student if you're here you're high school listen There is an attack on our young people. Come on, just come right up here to the front. Just come right up to the front. Get real close here. Squeeze in, squeeze in. Folks, this is our future right here. This is the future of Zimbabwe. I want to apologize As a nation, we have not been a great example to you of leadership. Our best and our brightest do not live in Zimbabwe anymore. Our best and brightest leave this country. And as soon as they can leave, our children don't come home. That is not how a nation should be, where we lose our very best, our very brightest to other nations. All over the world, Zimbabweans are making the world great. But they're working in environments that gives them the ability to work at a high level that they deserve. We have doctors that are graduating from med school that have never seen a fully functioning operating room. I took doctors with me to the U.S. They went into some of the finest hospitals in the world they had been doctors here for years, some of them for 30 years and they shook their heads and they said, I remember when we used to do that. I remember when we used to do that. I remember when we used to do that. You know, it used to be a honor to work in the civil service in this country. People prided themselves in the way they carried themselves, the way they did their work. They gave great service. I can understand how it can be discouraging to be a young person today. But I want to tell you something. It's not worth taking your life. Hey, as bad as life is on this earth and can be, You still have life. You have life. And I promise you, I can make a promise to you. No matter what you get through or go through, you'll get through it. You'll get through it. And when you get through it on the other side, you say, oh, man, that was really a bad time in my life. But you'll grow. If you let God, you'll grow through it. And it'll make you a better person if you let it. There are things that happen to us. And I tell you what, I can't guarantee you're going to have a great life. I can't guarantee you're not going to get hurt. But I can guarantee you this, that there's a God who will meet you in your hurt. There's a God, if you go to him, if you turn to him, he'll help you every single time. But you need a real, we need a real relationship with God. I see all of you and I'm thinking, oh, my God, you know what? It's time now. It's time for you to lead. It's time for you to stand up and say, no, no, no. We're going to tell the truth. We're going to do it differently than our fathers did it. We're going to do it differently than our forefathers have done it. We're going we're to we're build on something more sure. Can we, could, could, we, could we ever have ideals again? Build on the Word of God. Build on something truthful. Build on honesty, integrity. I think we could. Changes. it starts with us, a change in our heart. There is a promised land. I'm sorry to say that our fathers will not enter into it. This generation will die in the wilderness. But there's a few of us, Caleb's and Joshua's and a whole generation of you that can enter in and take the promised land. We need a move. We need a move. Amen. Make me a promise. If ever you feel like taking your life, don't take your life. Don't run away. Run to somebody. Run to God. Run to a pastor. Find one of us. Hey, no matter what you're going through, we're going to get through it with you. But your life is way, way, way too precious. Will you promise me that? Will you? Well, don't promise me. Promise yourself. Promise yourself, I will never take my life. Make that firm in your heart. I'll never take my life. Your life is a precious gift God gave to you. And no matter how dark it gets, don't take your life. Come and find help. We'll help you. Now let's pray. In fact, folks, some of you just come up here. Come and touch some of these kids. now I'll tell you what, some of them just need a hug. They need to be told, hey, you know what? We, we did screw up. We didn't, we didn't provide for you a secure environment to grow up in. We didn't provide for you a place where you can get jobs. We haven't, we haven't done that very well. We haven't really thought of you. We've only thought of ourselves. Forgive us. But we have good news for you. We serve an awesome God. An awesome God. We serve an awesome God. So Father, I pray for these men and women. I thank you for them. I thank you, Father, as we touch them. Father, our next generation. Father, this this is our hope. This is our future. And Father, we endeavor. Father, I vow to you that I'll do all in my power to make a way. With your help, God, I promise you, Father, I'll do all I can to help this generation stand. And having done all to stand, help this generation live morally and live by integrity and live by your word. I'll do all I can to teach them and instruct them in righteousness. Father, I thank you for another generation. Father, I thank you that I was once their age and you touched my life. It changed me radically forever. Forever. I ask that you would do the same for this generation. Our awesome, awesome God. Our awesome God.
0: Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.